Detroit's road woes continue as they fall 5-3 to three in Carolina. I'm going to break down this whole episode for you on the other side of this amazing intro. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I am your host, Brian Fisher, uh, riding solo today as Scotty is out for today's episode. He'll be back, hopefully, at the start of next week. I'm going to break down this entire game where the Carolina Hurricanes beat the Detroit Red Wings 5-3. to three. The Wings' road woes continue. Both teams short, Carolina more so. So really no excuses for this one. But overall, an entertaining game. But before I get to any of that, I do got to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. Now. The Red Wings broke their three-game losing streak at Joe or little almost at Joe Louis Arena. Been quite a few years since they've been there at Little Caesars Arena uh, the other night, and you were hoping they could continue. I was hoping they could continue this trend going forward, but unfortunately, they just continue to struggle on the road. On the road, um, coming into this game, they were four ten and one, or four nine and one rather on the road. Now they're four ten and run, and. You know, that's the state for most teams. Most hockey teams tend to lose more on the road than they do at home. But the Detroit Red Wings, uh, excessively so to a certain extent. And the Carolina Hurricanes are a good hockey team. Most days. Most days. They are short a solid six players because of COVID protocol. Now Detroit's got their own issues. As soon as they got Mark Stahl, Lindstrom, and uh, Bertuzzi back, they went down Fabry and Rasmussen, who I'll talk about. Um, but the Carolina Hurricanes not only had Ian Cole, S- Stephen Lorenz, Jordan Stahl, Andrei Sveshnikov, Sebastian Ajo, and Seth Jarvis all in COVID protocol. Four of those guys, or two of those guys, were trapped in Vancouver, and four of those guys, the other four, were in Minnesota. After that game was postponed, the Carolina Hurricanes coming into this game played down, played with 16 players, two below what you normally ice. And so coming into this game, even though you're on the road, this isn't a game you can lose. And I mean that from the regard that you can't let yourself lose to a team that's short two players. Now, Detroit was short of forward because Rasmussen was out. They played with only three centers in this hockey game. But they added an extra defenseman to make up for it. They ran uh, seven defensemen with uh, Osterle being the seventh. and Or actually, technically, Mark Stahl was the seventh, and Osterle and Lindstrom were the, the final pairing. But the point remains, Detroit had a full 18 guys, whereas Carolina only had 16. You can't come into this game and drop an egg like that to the Hurricanes on the road when they're short two players. Now, I'm coming off as harsh. 
overall, it was actually a pretty damn entertaining game. It's just the fact that they're down two players on their entire roster and you still let them beat you. And those two players that they were, and those being down two players on the roster, but the six players missing because of COVID protocols are huge for this team, the Carolina Hurricanes team. They're missing Sebastian Ajo, their le- uh, team leader in points, who has 32 points in uh, 26 games played. They're missing Andrei Sveshnikov, who's their second biggest point getter, who has 21 points in 16 uh, games played. You know, they're also missing Jordan Stahl, who is their captain. Uh, he's also uh, around in the middle of the uh, roster points-wise, only eight points, not the best season for him. As well as, you know, as I've already stated, uh, Stephen Lorenz and Ian Cole and Seth Jarvis. So th- they're missing a lot of guys on their team who bring offense. Jarvis having himself 11 points in 20 games played, that over half point per game. It's been a pretty good middle six forward for that hockey team. So not only are they down two players coming into this hockey game, but they're down their best talent coming into this hockey game. And you dro- the Detroit Red Wings drop, five, drop the game 5-3 to three to a, a depleted Carolina Hurricanes team. It was a fun game to watch. Don't get me wrong. Ned didn't have his best game either, and that's I think that may have been the biggest detriment in this game. He faced 32 shots but only made 28 saves, obviously Empty net goal does not get counted against him. But Alex Nedeljkovic, you know, that second goal that uh, Niederreiter scored, the game winner in the end, breaking down the wing, Moritz Sider took the angle on him. He shot the puck from the boards over the shoulder, over the glove of Alex Nedeljkovic, off the post and off the inside of that near side post and then in the net. That's a save that Nedeljkovic has to make. And you, I was hoping that coming into Carolina, this would be Alex Nedeljkovic's revenge game so to speak coming into carolina the team that didn't want to pay him what he wanted to get paid after having a calder finalist season i was hoping against all hope that he would show out and he didn't he was okay he wasn't awful but frederick anderson was just a little less awful in this game he only made uh 23 saves and 26 shots he had uh for three goals against obviously they lost five to three um, but the goalies were the weakest part for both teams in this game, as it was an offensive showcase from start to finish. Uh, you would just hope that the Red Wings depth would show a little bit more life. Sam Gagne had a really nice goal, you know, uh, didn't give up, and it was a nice uh, shot off the boards. But or not shot off the boards. What I'm saying, he, the part, the it was a rebound that came off the goaltender, and he turned around and fired it. It was a nice goal for him. But outside of that, it was your usual suspects who were scoring goals for the Detroit Red, Red Wings. Dylan Larkin got one, assisted by Lucas Raymond. Tyler Bertuzzi got one, assisted by Lucas Raymond. I mean, it's nice to say, see, and I, and we, Scotty and I have ranted and we've raved about it all season long, and it's so fantastic to see these players performing so well. Lucas Raymond, Moritz Sutter, Moritz Sutter had another good game too. I don't want to, I don't want to discount that. Defense actually played okay in my eyes. This is one of their better games uh, so far this season. Made made mistakes for sure, but based on what we've seen in the past. It could have gone a lot worse. Um, but two of your three goals were scored from your top lines, and it was the usual suspects every time, which, you know, that's what you get from your top line. But when they're when the Carolina Hurricanes are so depleted and their depth scoring is still able to score five on you, it, it gets a little concerning when you can't get it going all at the same time. And I've talked about, and Scotty and I have talked about how Getting it to all mesh at once is a really big problem for this team. 
Some days the top line will go silent as it, as will happen. Other days, uh, depth scoring will pop off as will happen. And sometimes defense looks like garbage as will happen, but it's about getting all those pieces moving at the same time to make this a consistent hockey team. The fact of the matter is, is that top line is the only line that showed up in this game. In fact, Bertuzzi didn't really start playing until the second period. But once Bertuzzi started going, he started going. But so far, I've only really talked about the negatives of this game. Um, and yeah, losing to a team that only had 16 skaters, especially when they're missing their best players due to COVID protocol, stings. But there were some positives of this game. I said it, haven't really praised a lot about it, but I've said it. There are positives in this hockey game to talk about, and I do want to talk about them. Uh, but first, I have to talk to you guys about Omaha Steaks. Guys, I had my first Omaha Steaks burger about two weeks ago now, and I can't get over it because it may have been the best burger that I've ever had. I've ever had. And by using promo code NHL, you can get eight free burgers. So, guys, it's time to do it. If you love meat, which I love meat, I said it. I said it. Uh, definitely get yourself uh, some Omaha Steaks, Omaha Steak Burgers. Bacon wrap filet mignons using code NHL. The holidays are right around the corner. And finding the gift, perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks make it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you will get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use code NHL, you'll get an additional eight Omaha Steak Burgers for free with your order. And those are the burgers that I keep raving about. Like, well, come on, you got burgers. You get some cheese on there, get some lettuce, some pickle, and not really onion and tomato. Not onion and tomato guy. Anything that's vegetables or fruit, I'm, I'm going to die an early death because of heart disease. Let's be honest, guys. But it's not going to be because of Omaha Burgers because those are lean, mean meat machines. We've all heard reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift, gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword NHL. Also got to talk to you guys about your favorite built Bar. The holiday season is here. Grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better yet, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavored, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. It's not a protein bar without being high in protein, and Built Bar is just that. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. With so many flavors to choose from, you'll have a hard time. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie? Cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut uh, peanut butter brownie. The one thing you don't want to do, though, because there's all these amazing flavors, you don't want to bring up your favorite Built Bar at family parties. It's the season of peace and love, but people are so passionate about their Built Bars, they'll fight, and they'll fight, and they'll fight. It'll get out of hand, and that peace and love will be gone. But if you do want to cozy up to something warm, here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hands because uh, that it gets a little melty and I, I, I tend to stain a lot of my white shirts. Um, but they're undershirts, so I get away with it. 
Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Segment two here, Locked on Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher, riding solo today as Scotty got the last two days off, that lucky dog. And uh, we're talking about the Detroit Red Wings falling to the Carolina Hurricanes 5-3 to three in Carolina. As many of you already know, second segment. You guys have been with me for 10 minutes. You know this stuff already. Um, I want to start talking about some of the positives in this game. And that was, of course, I think number one, first and foremost, was Tyler Bertuzzi. His second game back after coming off COVID protocol is a, had 11 games now of not scoring a goal in goal games in which he played, obviously. And uh, his first period, he looked kind of flat. I was even seeing some Twitter hate saying that he was he needs to pick up his game. Well, he did. Uh, second game, or second period, rather, he looked really good, and he looked aggressive, and I love to see it. And like that first-line chemistry was really meshing. That first-line chemistry that we've loved all throughout the first 25% of this season, it looked really good. He looked really good. There's that two-on-one with him and Lucas Raymond. Raymond was able to feed him the puck across. He got the shot off, but Frederick Anderson was able to make the save uh, coming across the slot. But Bertuzzi did not give up on the puck. He maintained possession behind the net, and he looked, and he saw that there was no pressure on the opposite side, and Frederick Anderson was committed to that near side post. So he came around, tucked it in, didn't get called as a goal because even myself, the viewer, thought it was a nice save. I was like, holy cow, I can't believe Frederick Anderson made that pad town save. But 30 seconds later, the horn sounds, and I, I'm like, what's going on? What, what in the hell's going on? The horn's going off. And like Mickey Redmond and Ken Daniels were talking about it, and I just could not figure out what's going on. They're talking about how it's a tie game. I'm like, is this like a rule I don't know? Because like, I'll be honest, guys, I don't know everything. I like to think I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And I did not know that they could review a goal that was called off and stopped the play in the middle of the play. And I was surprised and very pleasantly surprised to find out they could. And upon review, it was like, oh yeah, that puck crossed the line, but the way, how quick it was and the way it came out, it made it appear like Frederick Anderson made the save. So Tyler Bertuzzi got on the bowl, or got on the board rather, assisted by Lucas Raymond. And then next like play almost, it was the same shift, I believe, or maybe it was his next shift. He comes down, cuts across the goaltender, um, in front of in front of the goaltender and tries to tuck it away far side. Goalie makes the save. He's off balance and sees that the whistle hasn't been called, and he dives with the poke check to try and bury that puck. Tyler Bertuzzi was being aggressive. He was being a Scotty would put a problem in all the good ways, all the right ways. And I love to see it because that is the Tyler Bertuzzi that the Detroit Red Wings have missed. As much as I complained in the first segment about the depth not being there, I got to praise the top line for being a consistent a consistency on this team, continually show up, because that's what a top line does. It's what it should do. And Raymond had two points. Uh, Larkin had a goal. Bertuzzi had a goal. Like, that is exactly what you want to see. And now Bertuzzi looked great. Larkin looked great. He had that beautiful breakaway goal. But both of those goals were facilitated again by the rookie, Lucas Raymond, who continues to be one of, if not, the Calder favorite. It's honestly neck and neck but uh, between him and Cider. Very different roles, very different play styles, obviously, positionally at first. as uh, ob The obvious part is the position, but the not-so-obvious part is just the, the way their mind thinks and works the game. But Lucas Raymond on his uh, assist to Dylan Larkin was just so good. And 
he was under pressure breaking out of the zone. I mean, he had a Carolina hurricane on him. And his ability to just float that puck across the neutral zone right into Dylan Larkin and props to Dylan Larkin having the awareness to just grab that puck out of there and get, you know, play it to his stick. But, you know, we talk a lot about Zegers's, uh, you know, pass over the net for the goal. But no one's talking about this neutral zone uh, flip to Dylan Larkin. And I know I'm just joking, guys. The Zegers one was, albeit more impressive because it got knocked out of midair. And it was a short flip that had to be perfectly like, like uh, perfectly given the right amount of power to just float it over the net where Raymond kind of just lobbed it. But it was still a great example of Lucas's Lucas Raymond's hockey IQ to see Larkin breaking down the opposite wing with no one behind or no one in front of him, both defensemen behind him, and lob it with similarly good precision across the ice for Dylan Larkin to just be able to grab it and play it to his stick. And he had the nice two-on-one goal or two-on-one assist with Tyler Bertuzzi's goal, and he just continues to facilitate plays with how smart he thinks. Um, Dylan Larkin also had an assist. He had the secondary assist on Tyler Bertuzzi's goal, and it's just that top line continues to be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, now, I believe after tonight, Raymond has 27 points in 30 games. He, he just If he scores enough goals, I think he gets the Calder easily. But he's going to have tough competition on his own team and Moritz Sider for how lockdown defense he's playing. Uh, Moritz Sider was second on the team to Philip Ronick tonight. And they, they go back and forth uh, pretty consistently. Uh, time on the ice uh, with 20 minutes. Moritz Sider's rookie season comes in, number one defenseman immediately, and is playing like it. He's been so good. He's had his hiccups, so has Raymond, but they've had their hiccups. But they have been so good immediately. And it's just been so fun to see. And I I, mean, I don't want to go down that tangent because I have the ability to go down that tangent. And Scotty and I have gone down that tangent before. But these rookies make this team better. If it were not for Lucas Raymond, if it were not for Morris Sider, and hell, if it weren't even for Alex Andalkovich, as much as I was ragging in the first segment about his subpar performance today, if it weren't even for him, this game would have been a blowout because they facilitated, facilitate so much of the team's um you know, scoring chances and game-winning saves for Nadelkovich's uh, point. Like, it, it's just been so much fun to watch, and it continues to be so much fun to watch. And, uh, oh, yeah, got to mention, Dylan Larkin playing really physical tonight. Just absolutely physical. And he laid out Tony, De Tony D'Angelo in the third period. Just D'Angelo is playing the puck along the boards, and Larkin comes in like a freight train. So despite it being a 5-3 loss and there being a lot of negatives to talk about, you know, again, Nadalkovich having a subpar performance, you, losing to a team that's down by two players, there it was still a really fun game to watch. I thought they played Carol, the depleted Carolina Hurricanes. Can't emphasize that enough. But I thought they played the depleted Carolina Hurricanes very hard. And I got an immense enjoyment from this game. And you can't win them all. You hope that eventually they can turn these road woes around. Um but you got another opportunity on Saturday to win a home game. You got the New Jersey New Jersey Devils coming to town, and their team that's you got a lot of young talent as well. So it's going to be a good game, and I, I'll preview that game for you uh, coming up here soon. Also, want to talk to you guys about uh, the Rasmussen Fabry situation because that stings. That really does. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march toward the playoffs 
unless, of course, you're the Lions and the Texans. Uh, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use their promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, final segment here, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Uh, I just want to talk about now, real briefly, Michael Rasmussen and Robbie Fabry on the COVID list. And guys, this is just this is just the reality of the NHL at the moment. Um, you can't make any excuses when players go on COVID because literally every, like, go on Google, hit COVID, then go to news or COVID NHL news, COVID NFL news. Every day there is dozens of players that go on COVID lists in their respective sports. Um, it definitely sucks because we, the Red Wings just got back Tyler Bertuzzi. They just got back uh, Stahl. They just got back Gustav Lindstrom. And so it finally looked like the Red Wings were going to be at full strength. And then they lose Michael Rasmussen and Robbie Fabry. And say what you will about Michael Rasmussen, he is a solid bottom six uh, center. And, I mean, that's all he'll ever be. But he's an important piece to this the depth, especially a depth that Scotty and I talk about all, a lot about being lackluster. When you take away from that already lackluster depth, one of your centers that can play that bottom six role in a pretty, uh, you know, decent, I guess, fashion, it does sting. And then Robbie Fabry, of course, who recently got hot, playing top line minutes until Bertuzzi came back, earned himself a three-year extension. Um, boom, gone, COVID list. It's just, it's a very unfortunate situation for him. Both of those men, that they go on the COVID protocol list right then and now, and especially because Robbie Fabry is such a, we talk about how potent that top line is. The second line is, Ha, you know, pretty good too. Robbie Fabry is probably the best player, most consistent player on that second line, along with, you know, the Pew Suter. There's an argument to be made there, but you know that the Zadina and the Mesnikov const, now is constantly switching positions on that second line because Zadina can't get his motor going, and Nemesnikov is having a, a sneaky good season uh, in his own right, on pace for his uh, a career high in points. It's just a real shame that you're probably your fourth most productive forward on your team is now out because of COVID protocol. But it's just hard to, at this point, it's hard at this point, guys, to complain about it or be like, it just, this is the state of the game. Every week, we're going to, the Detroit Red Wings and every team in the NHL is going to lose a few players to COVID protocols. And fortunately, it's almost dastardly to say this, but, the Red Wings have gotten lucky in comparison to like the Carolina Hurricanes, who have lost six at the same time due to COVID protocols. The Red Wings are fortunate enough to just lose one or two people at a time. And, you know, obviously the wish here is that they stay healthy and that they, you know, come back as soon as they're available. And like if, you know, assuming that they're positive, positive, not a false positive like Larkin was earlier in the season, that they're asymptomatic and they stay healthy. But this is just a situation that, every team in the NHL is dealing with and losing Fabry and Rasmussen who are key pieces of your depth that already struggles. They're the, they're the guy, they're guys that are key pieces to this depth. I hate to, you guys probably don't want to hear, but Rasmussen is a key piece of that bottom six core and you lost him and you're not going to lose him for 10, 10 days. Probably 
it's going to make it even harder uh, when the Devils come to town or, you know, when the Avalanche come to town. It's just going to be it's going to be a very difficult stretch ahead. Uh, but that is the state of the NHL. Every team is dealing with this. So, you you know, Red Wings fans, the Detroit Red Wings themselves can't use this as an excuse. And you can't use it as an excuse when you look ahead to this game against the New Jersey Devils. Now, the Devils aren't a good team. Uh, they're not having a good season. They're seventh in the Metropolitan Division uh, when they come into Little Caesars Arena on Saturday night. Almost forgot. I should remember this because Saturday is going to suck for me as an employee of Little Caesars Arena. This is a noon Pistons game and an 8 p.m. Red Wings game at LCA and then a Pistons game on Sunday. So I don't understand the logistics of that because it's going to be Pistons on the on the floor, oh, covering up the ice, to uncover the ice, to cover up the ice again. They should have just done Red Wings at noon, Pistons at 8 p.m., so they didn't have to keep doing that. And then I have to you know, help flip the entire store. And But that's a different tirade for a different day. I don't make the schedules. No one at my work makes the schedules. We just deal with it, and we do the best we can. But the point being is, here is the ice might suck on Saturday uh, with the Pistons playing just hours beforehand. Uh, but the New Jersey Devils come to town and they are a team that is not very good right now. But they do have a very, you know, they got a rookie in uh, Mercer who has been very exciting to watch this season. You know, people try and talk, make him into the Calder conversation. Dawson Mercer. Yes, call Sorry, dude. Like, Cider, Raymond, those are your Calder favorites. Then Zegris, then maybe Mercer. Mercer is a good player, though, and you can't discount him. He's got 15 points in 28 games played with seven goals and eight assists. He's currently fifth on their team in points. Jesper Bratt leads their team in points with 24 points in 28 games, but it goes down from there. There's not a lot of uh, offense to be had on this team. They got a few guys that are putting up uh, points at a decent clip, but nothing nothing the Red Wings can't match or do better than. Goaltending-wise, however, um, it's going to be either Scott Wedgwood or Mackenzie Blackwood as former Detroit Red Wing uh, Jonathan Bernier, who I loved as, his tenure as a Red Wing, uh, has been hurt dealing with a, a hip injury. Um, Blackwood's been pretty good for them so far in 16 games played. He's got a 902 save percentage. Not great, but not horrible. Scott Wedgwood picking up the slack as a backup goaltender has been 880 save percentage. He's been okay. So, you know, their goaltending hasn't been their strongest suit. It's been okay. So you can really capitalize on a down New Jersey Devil team. Again, at home against the team that's down bad. Where have you heard this before? It's just like talking about the New York Islanders of a couple days ago. And the Red Wings did follow through and they did beat them and handily at that. So it's another situation where the Detroit Red Wings should come in and they should win this hockey game playing against a team like the New Jersey Devils who have lost a lot of hockey games recently. They're currently on a four game losing streak. They lost to the Islanders guys. Like, come on now. Uh, their most recent win was against the Flyers five games ago coming off. So give you, give you guys a breakdown Four game losing streak, one win four game losing streak. This is where we're currently at. The New Jersey devils, I'm not saying you should take them. Uh, fans should take them lightly and nor should the Detroit Red Wings themselves. And I know they won't, but this is a team like much like the Islanders of a few days ago that is down bad and you're playing them at home and you want to try and get right back on the horse. Cause the horse was named Friday or whatever. Scotty always says, and uh, win this hockey game. And I think the Detroit Red Wings are up to the task. If Scotty was here, I honestly think he might have an Oracle moment here. Um, and I, I'm fully thinking that this is going to be a Detroit Red Wings win. They're going to get right, right back on it before hosting 
Colorado Avalanche on Monday, and that's a team that absolutely thrashed the Detroit Red Wings. So this is a good opportunity for them to get right after a, a hard-fought loss to a depleted Carolina Hurricanes team before facing the Colorado Avalanche on Monday. So this is your op- this is the Red Wings' opportunity to right the ship and get it right before facing off against the team that beat them 7-3 to and what will be another tall task, even at home, where the Red Wings seem to thrive, a, a tall task in the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, that's going to be de- about do it for me here today. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make Locked On Bets your second listen. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Uh, They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's free and available on all platforms. We'll be back with another episode on Monday recapping and, well, then previewing the Colorado Avalanche game. Same time, same place, your team, every day.